Welcome to Living Orthodoxy, an invitation to a deeper life in Christ, a podcast of St. Philip Orthodox Church in Southerton, Pennsylvania, dedicated to connecting the liturgical and spiritual life of the Orthodox parish with the life of the Orthodox home, presenting the weekly homilies of our parish pastors, Father Noah Buscelli and Father James Thayer, as well as discussions of the liturgical year and Orthodox life and practice by Justin Bowl and Jeff Hyatt. Now here is Father Noah Buscelli. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory to Jesus Christ. This is the day which the Lord has made. Before I begin my sermon properly, I want to take a, a pause for Pittsburgh and the hurting people there. May God heal them and protect them all and protect all of us in this ridiculous world that we live in. And I suggest that everybody looks at our Archdiocese website. There's a beautiful letter that Metropolitan Joseph has written about that. But I have another storm in mind, not an attack like that, but Friday night I was awoken. I had finally got to bed early one night, and I was awoken not by crying babies, not by anything but the phone ringing, telling me that the tornado warning has passed. It didn't ring to tell me that there was a tornado warning. <laughs> I guess they're trying out this new system. I've never received a warning like that on the phone. But I was glad to know that I had been awoken to be told that I was no longer in danger, that I didn't know that I was in when I was asleep. <laughs> and then I didn't press one, I just hung up, and it rang again with the same message. And I listened really carefully, I'll press one, and then it will go away. That storm, that storm could have been devastating, and maybe it did devastate places around here. I don't look at the news, so I don't know. If there's anything important, please let me know that something happened that's important. But I woke up, and it was windy and all of that, and it made me think of uh, a beautiful passage of Scripture. The fool built his house upon the sand, and when the, way, when the wind blew and the rain beat on that house, it fell because it was built on the sand. But the wise man built his house upon the rock. And the storms and the wind came and that house stood because it was built upon the rock. What a beautiful thing to pause and think about. And I would like to think about that in terms of our resources, our relationships, and just our reason. I can't pronounce the French well, so forgive me. The raison d'etre, our reason for being, that beautiful category of thought. But before we get to the resources, relations, and reason, and are we building our house in the right way, I'd like to quickly talk about 
Ephesians chapter 2 that we read from this morning. If you haven't read the epistle to the Ephesians lately, please read it again. And if you have read it lately, read it again anyway, because it is so marvelous. It shows what God has saved us for. Not just what he has saved us from, but what he has saved us for. And in there he says that we are being built together into a temple. Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. The apostles and the prophets are the foundation. And we are being fit together And I'm so happy to be Orthodox to see all the saints who have truly fit together to build the church. It's just amazing to think about that aspect of iconography. They are the living stones that have come before us so that perhaps we have a place in God's heavenly temple. But in chapter 2 of Ephesians, St. Paul talks about salvation that we are saved by grace through faith, so that we cannot boast. And yet he says that we are saved for good works, because we are his workmanship. We are his poem. The Greek word for workmanship is poema. We are his poem. He's labored over us to deliver us for joy, for glory, We are his workmanship, created for good works in Christ Jesus. And it makes me think again of my newfound definition of salvation. I'm so happy for this, that salvation is the free gift that costs everything. The free gift that costs everything. It is freely given. There's nothing we can do to earn it. And yet, for us to keep it, it will cost everything. I think of that in terms of marriage. I think of that in terms of anything that we've been entrusted to. To really do a good job, it means you have to attend to it and let everything else be second. With that in mind, let's address these questions of resources relationships and reason. Are we building these things on the sand, the shifting sands, or are we building it on the rock, Jesus Christ? When we build our resources on the shifting sands, that means we are investing in pleasure, in security, We are investing in our earthly future, which a little bit of that isn't bad. We need to be good stewards. We need to provide for our families, all of those things. But the storm of life will come upon us. And one day, our hearts will stop beating. There'll be no more breath in our lungs. And the the shifting sands of our resources invested in earthly things will be absolutely meaningless. And we'll realize that what we had 
thought was important is no longer important. What we dreamed about has vanished. And we see this so clearly in this parable. Our Lord taught a lot about stewardship, what to do with money. One person counted and said he talks about love, whatever, 400 times in, in the Bible. The word love comes up, or 500 times. But the word money comes up 1,200 times or something like that. Because you put your money where your mouth is. There is no love unless there is, you know, something behind it. So Lazarus and the rich man shows the rich man invested in luxury at the expense of just a little bit of mercy, a little bit of almsgiving. He feasted sumptuously every day. In fact, he received his reward on earth and received nothing but torment after death. It's a disturbing thought. Lazarus, on the other hand, who was given a name, to be given a name means that God remembers us. To not be given a name means that we are not written in the book of life, and God does not have our name on his lips, as we'll be singing Memory Eternal at the end of the liturgy for dear Helen. 40-day memorial. It wasn't just that the rich man was rich. It's that he was heartless. He probably stepped over Lazarus' body getting into his mansion. The dogs licked Lazarus' sores. And it's not just that Lazarus was poor, and that's why he was granted joy in the afterlife. No, it's because he was poor of spirit. So our resources, are we investing our resources in something that is going to be there forever and ever? That's my question to you. Secondly, our relationships. What does it mean to build our relationships on the sand or build our relationships on the rock. To build our relationships on the sand means that my happiness is de derived from you. And I don't, I'm not an individual, I'm not a person, but I'm, in a sense, codependent. That's a sad place to be because all of us are sinners. And if our identity is tied overly much with somebody else's identity, we're going to be constantly in turmoil. We build this house of who we are, and if we build it based on these little pieces of sand in our life, we're going to be constantly frustrated, constantly rebuilding, constantly falling apart. But if we build on the rock, the rock of God's love, as harsh as that can be sometimes, then we have a place for the people in our lives because we are firmly grounded and not just a wash. So pause for a minute and consider this. How do you relate to the people in your life?
Do you relate in a godly way with God being first? Or do you relate in a worldly way? Too tied into people's thoughts about you. Too tied into people's own struggles. Over-personalizing things. I only mention it because it happens to me. And I only mention it because it might happen to you too. So our resources built on the rock. Our relationships built on the rock. And our reason for being should also be built on the rock. I'm afraid that many of us don't live for anything more than the next email or text message, the next little fix to our screen addiction. It's a terrible thought, isn't it? I'm afraid that many of us live such shallow lives. We live to build bank accounts, we live to this, we live to that, and we're not really alive to God. We don't have the weight of glory of being God's son or God's daughter as our reason for being. So pause for a minute and examine what makes you tick. What gives lightness to your steps and swiftness to your hands? What brings a smile to your face and twinkle to your eye? It should be that we have faith and hope and love grounded on Christ. And therefore we can share with other people in our lives. Lord, please don't let us have our reward now like the nameless rich man. Lord, please smash our plans of building in the sand Smash them with the rock of our Savior. And let us rebuild our lives on that rock. That we will glorify His holy name with His Father and Holy Spirit in the company of all the saints, with our loved ones who we have not driven away because we are psychologically dependent upon them and in the company of all the saints and the angels forever and ever. Amen.